0: Welcome to Let's Open the Box of Zen with Hitomi. Over the next hour, you will learn how to open, free your mind, and overcome the toughest challenges life throws your way on your path to achieving Zen. Now, here is your host, Hitomi.
1: power, powerful. Today, I am inviting my powerful friend and a founder of the organization, Thrive Cremont, whose mission is empowering all teens to succeed. She also has been my loyal client, if that's okay to say, of John <laughs> F. Burns' myofascial release approach. And I found she is a very intuitive and confident, also Powerful lady to me. Yeah. What makes her stay confident? Was there a specific past event that triggered it? Was it slowly developed? Let's find out. Stay tuned. Let's open the box of Zen. This is Hitomi. Hi, Sherry. Welcome to my show. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank you. How are you doing this morning?
2: I'm great, Hitomi. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really excited for you, for your show, and things you're going to unbox over time. Oh, thank you. Yes, unbox.
1: We don't know what's inside (laughs) the box. That's the Zen box. I gave the listeners a very brief profile about you and how you are a leader to teenager. My, (laughs) I have two teenagers and That's enough for me. You're so brave, first of all. Yes. (laughs) Yes, you are. Very sensitive ages, so that's fun, but it's hard too. So you were willing to engage with many, many teenagers, correct?
2: Yes. We've had over 2,000 in seven years come through the program in one way or another. Wow. You created space for them to learn
1: the skills they need to be empowered before they step into adult life. How amazing. Would you tell the listeners more about
2: yourself as well as your organization? Sure. I like to consider myself a pollinator, meaning that I share ideas the best ideas from one industry to another industry or crossing different markets. And so my whole career has been about trying to gather people around ideas and projects. To do that, you have to develop a certain level of power. What I learned in my professional career, which sort of ended a chapter in 2019 when I sold my business of 22 years, I wanted to give those skills to the younger generation because I had a lot of hard lessons, shall we say, and suffering that really didn't need to happen. So if I had felt more empowered at a younger age, um, I think I would have reduced my own suffering and I aim to do that for others. Interesting. Suffering. So your
1: case, learning from your hard experience. Could I ask you what kind of experience was, if you don't mind?
2: Well, I think that when you're someone who wants to bring integrity and positivity to everything in your world, which I had felt from a very young age, it's difficult to do that in the traditional power structures
0: mm-hmm. that existed.
2: So I was effective in finding my own channels to mm-hmm. follow the energy by learning about people, approaching it from a more personal standpoint, which led me to professional success. Mm-hmm. So I sort of reversed it. <laughs> mm-hmm. When one of the questions that you sent me ahead of time was, was, what is power? And I started looking up definitions of power and they're all very negative. Really? Very, they were very, uh, well, you look up the dictionary and it says to coerce or manipulate someone into doing something you want to taking over a country to, and then there was ones related to energy and electricity and power of that nature. Mm. But. I did come across some of the newer articles related Mm -hmm. to power, Mm -hmm. talk about what's called personal power. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's where all power lies is personally, but I think that the world that we've lived in has had us look externally to try to gain power. And that's a whole nother box of Zen. We could open Mm -hmm. up one day, but one Mm -hmm. of the things that I think I have developed is personal power over Mm -hmm. time. They're not mutually exclusive. You can have personal power and also have positional power.
0: Mm -hmm. Positional
2: power would be something that you were, um, you know, a position, a title, something that you've been put into by title. Personal power is more developing characteristics that magnetize people to your ideas, or you become an example or a model of what people are looking for, and you become powerful. That's the definition of power that I lean towards is personal power, mm-hmm. as opposed to power over others. I think if you're personally powerful, and we can talk about that more, you can be powerful in, in any arena you step into.
1: Mm-hmm. So when you were a child, mm-hmm. why you always... I'm talking about this personal power. Did you believe in yourself? You are very confident child. Because right now, to me, you are very powerful, um, physically, mentally, Mm -hmm. confident. You know who you are. You Mm -hmm. believe yourself. That kind of power to me. So. When did you develop, you think? You said you learned this through your heart experience,
2: but when you were a child, how were you? Yes. I was very young when my parents divorced. Mm. And, um, there was a, it was the 1970s and there was a custody suit and I testified in court. It was really crazy. I was 11 years old. Oh, wow. I don't think that happens anymore. <laughs> in fact, I've been uh, sure yes, that that's like a <laughs> I was 11, and I was in front of a judge and attorneys and the whole bit. So I had, um, I had a really large setback at that period in my life because there was a lot of backlash for some of my testimony. Wow. Which, when you're a child and you're told just tell the truth, and you tell the truth, and whoa, smack back, right? Oh wow. Um, it was difficult, but what I learned was that ultimately it set me free. It got me out of what I needed to be out of and into the places I needed to be. So following the truth, my truth through my whole life has all, even though it's been a little bit painful sometimes, mm-hmm. for example, if the truth is a project's not working and we're going to have to just pull the plug, even though we've got 10, 20, $50,000 in it is something that I have to share with my clients. And those are hard truths for them.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: I think that I learned early about hard truths, mm-hmm. but that ultimately they can set you free. And I think that gives you power when you can do that.
1: Yes. That's hard to do. Yes,
2: <laughs> and it's, it, I mean, is. it is. but I do it with love, right? Now mm-hmm. I, I, I'm always have the best. I don't just go around t- <laughs> Telling hard truths to people that don't want to hear it, but the people that I care about and I want them to grow and succeed, I want to encourage that type of personal power in them as well,
0: mm-hmm. that we
2: can have hard conversations and still maintain the relationship.
0: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. And that has led me to places I never imagined. Mm-hmm. I just can't even
1: imagine
2: as 11 years old and you had to go through that. Then it moved into such opened up a whole world for me because my dad was 40 years old. He owned a business, he owned Mm -hmm. a newspaper. So just imagine, if you will, being a 40 year old businessman who's already working 50, 60 hours a week and managing staff and all of this. And now you have custody of your 11-year-old and your 9-year-old. His nearest relative was a 1,000 miles away. So I used to say I was raised by the staff of the Dollar Saver, which was the um newspaper that my father ran. He was a local publisher of a newspaper, and he was very active. So I would get picked up by... This was the 1970s. There was no internet. There was no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) none of what we have now. It was the newspaper and he had 10 salespeople. And so usually I would get picked up after school by one of the sales ladies and I'd go with her on her stops to the tire shop or the dentist office or wherever she was picking up the ad copy or having meetings. There's no electronics. So I would just sit and work on my homework and listen to all mm-hmm. conversations that were happening. Mm-hmm. And I started to realize that I could just tell just by ear when conversations were going well or not going well. So I was eavesdropping. Basically, it was a fly on the wall for all of these different business meetings between the ages of 11 and 16. That was very insightful. Not a lot of people have that insight. And so I try to share with the students that we work with, mm. as well as anybody in my life, that if you just pay attention mm-hmm. pay so much, um, and when it's time to deliver your message, deliver your message, when it's time to pay attention to what other people are saying, pay close attention. Mm. And you can a lot. I don't know. I just picked that up. I mean, that's just something that came out of what people say is a horrible situation in my childhood but it put me in these opportunities that I never would have had. So mm-hmm. I try to tell that story so people realize it doesn't matter what you're in. It's going to mm-hmm. it's going to grind you in, polish you into what you need to be.
1: Mm-hmm. So you sounded like that experience is made you instead of like a academically schoolwork or yes. Well, I know who you are now you own the business and like right, 22 years you said in a way high profile <laughs> yes. yeah so you learned from this newspapers work environment learned how business real business going and made you like have a seed in you to be interested about the business already and after that, you went to school and did the good.
2: Yes, I kind of took the route. Obviously, having been through what I went through, I wanted to be, uh, I was the good daughter. You know, I was doing everything that my dad wanted and needed me to do because he was my caregiver. <laughs> so I was at a very early age cooking and taking care of it was my dad and my brother and I. So I learned very early on how to balance a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that my dad always treated us as not as children think that the ability to have my opinion matter
0: Mm -hmm. in a family
2: unit Mm -hmm. was important. And that was a lesson that I learned from him. Mm -hmm. And then also I went on to study journalism at the University of Florida. And I got my master's degree in mass communication and I had the opportunity to work. I thought I wanted to go into broadcast journalism. So I had the opportunity to work at the television station one semester as one of the anchors and it just went really poorly. I was, I didn't stay on script and I was... (laughs) I was more freestyle. They want me moving around so much. And I had to get that lilt out of my voice. And so it, um, it wasn't really working out. And I was quickly realizing that I didn't want to go into that industry. But um, so I was sort of floundering with what was I going to do after I finished graduate school. And I went to New York City and I did an internship with, it's a big communications firm in New York City. Anyway, at the time, this was a long time ago, they didn't have individual marketing departments, sports franchises, like where we live in Central Florida, they have the Orlando Magic, for example, Mm -hmm. the NBA team, and they have a whole marketing department. Well, back then, I was working for a company in New York City that would represent 23 different sports franchises, and they would go out and sell the annual sort of sponsorships to Dunkin' Donuts or Allstate Insurance for a million, two million dollars. They would include signage in the arena and airtime on the broadcast and all these different things and I was an intern, right? And so My job was to type up, get, I was a writer. So I would write the packages that mm-hmm. back in the day we had to run off on the mimeograph and we use the little plastic things to make a little spiral notebook type mm-hmm. thing that these guys could take on their trips. So-and-so is heading to Minneapolis. I would hear all these things. So one day I said, Hey, what do you do when you go off on those trips? <laughs> I don't understand. And he goes, I go, you're gone for like four days. And he goes, well, we go and we play golf. And then, you know, we'll go to whatever the sporting team is and we'll do a presentation and there's lunches and maybe a dinner. And then the meet, we meet again the next morning and we kind of close up the deal. Sounds like fun. <laughs> and I remember my jaw dropped open, right? And I <laughs> said... That's a job. So said, <laughs> yes. Sounds like a- yes, it's called business <laughs> development. And I go, I would be good at that. I, <laughs> I would be good at that. Because I knew that all the different situations I had been in growing up mm-hmm. had made me comfortable in lots of different situations. And my dad had traded advertising space for my brother and I to have golf lessons when we okay. were <laughs> little. So he was a barter guy. It was fun. Yeah, that was how I got launched into all these opportunities.
1: So as an intern, you actually told the bosses that
2: I'm good at that. Let me do it. Well, I didn't get a job there, but I came back after my internship in Florida and I was like, gosh, I wonder, of course, New York's always ahead of everybody, right? So I'm thinking, I wonder how I do business development somewhere. And then boom, I run into, I was bartending at a place in Orlando and a principal by meaning one of the owners of a engineering firm was kind of a regular there. And one day he said, I can tell you're more than just a bartender. And I go, well, I'm just working on my thesis, finishing graduate school. And I said, I'm going to, um, he's like, what do you really want to do? And he said, I said, I'm going to go into business development. And he (laughs) said, what is it? And then I just told him what I thought it was in my, I, you know, as, as far as I knew. And, um, He said, I think we need that. And he said, come to my office next week and we'll talk about it. And I showed up and little did I know, like all the principals, like six men, middle-aged men, and I'm 25, 26 years old, start asking me lots of questions. Thank goodness. I was a journalism student, so I had already researched their firm and done a little, Mm -hmm. done my homework. Mm -hmm. Uh, But everything had prepared me along the way. So all the little things prepare you. And I've just learned that. And so even when things go bad, it's an opportunity to, to be stronger next time around. Yeah. So curiosity, just the open
1: mind and open your heart absorbs everything. And that sounds like that's your source of power. So what do you think nowadays with all of those technologies and so many informations
2: out there? Um, how's the teenagers? Oh, yeah. That's why I think I was really, my heart just was pulled to do this work, Hitomi, is that when my stepdaughter was a teenager, which was 16 years ago, I realized with her friends and being around them that they really were not getting the kind of support that they needed from positive adults.
1: We'll be right back after the break. Let's open that box over Zen.
0: Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. We often hear the word Zen, but what exactly is Zen? The answer is as endless as a bottomless box. The base of a Zen philosophy is a mind capable of fresh thinking, one that is free, not trapped. Tune in to Let's Open the Box of Zen with your host, Hitomi. To explore how to let go of life's toughest challenges and find your Zen, let's open the box of Zen Mondays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's
3: your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: Welcome back to Let's Open the Box of Zen with Hitomi. Have a question for Hitomi or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show.
2: And there wasn't any opportunities in our community where I lived for them to have those types of interactions, obviously, that I did as a child. Very few. So my mind just kept thinking, how can I create something where professionals can give back because somebody's got to organize the framework and everything around it? I had the idea, but I was too busy. I had a five-year-old and a three-year-old of, at the time as well. So then fast forward, my life situations started opening up. Um, son was 15 and my daughter was 13. And lo and behold... No one had done it yet. (laughs) What I was thinking of. And I was like, Oh, you know how they say it takes a village to raise a child. I was like, I guess I'm the villager that's going to do this. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So I stepped in and I said, I can organize. I'm good at networking. I'm good at finding positive people. I'm just going to go out and see what, what I can do. And little by little, we started building programming that brings in local professionals to teach personal finance or understanding your personality and how it can be used to your advantage in your career so as they're leaving high school they have a better understanding of who they are how the world works what exactly the classes what kind of life experience
1: saliva clam the offers like what do they do
2: yeah so we have we have certain values, and part of them are that it's uh, teen driven organic growth, so our teen advisory council really informs our programming so we've um, we've developed and evolved over time, and I anticipate that we will continue to do so. But right now, all of our programs fall within two umbrella frameworks. One is called our adulting program, adulting, where Mm -hmm. students learn about personal finance. They learn about careers. We do college prep programs. And those are workshops that take place at the local college or some of the municipal buildings in our Mm -hmm. area so that students from any school can come and attend. And then after that, we have the summer program am. Mm. And that is in June. And it's like an evening summer camp for teens where we have community members that share their passions, Mm. cake decorating, Mm. spice blending, longboarding, photography, fishing. And we have a central location in our community where students can um, meet up and then the instructors take them off in small groups of six to 10 students to do a mini workshop. And then we come back for food and music and dorm. Prizes and so that 's a fun um, opportunity to meet students to meet other students that have common interests
0: mm-hmm. as well as
2: a passionate adult that wants to share more and Then our leadership group that helps me plan all these events is made up of teens from all over our region, and I meet with them well, they have to be on one of our teams, event planning. Uh, The video team, the social media team, and now we have a website team that's doing a custom website. But they're all working towards building these programs for themselves and their peers.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: So it's team-run programming, but it's under the shadow of adult mentors. So I get to Zoom every week with our leadership team of of high school students. Mm -hmm. And then once a month, we all get together and have dinner. And so it's just been an opportunity for me to both share some of my wisdom, have us go through some things that work and don't work as we try these new programs that we're developing. And really that's how you gain experience is just trying them. You can say you want to develop certain characteristics, but they only, you only develop them when things start hitting the fan as you will. <laughs> yeah. When you're really, when things aren't going well, that's when all your characteristics get exercised that you mm-hmm. talk about that
1: you want mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Current yeah, you must <laughs> you must in my mind <laughs> in learning the suffering part from the life experience because maybe on the game playing game <laughs> uh, you're dead and you can do redo again boom but when you are dealing with real life experience you're gonna hurt and you have to gain your confidence again and those process. so yes. do they have a chance to have that experience in the program
2: too? Yeah. So the 20 students that we take on the Teen Advisory Council each semester, they have to work on one of the teams. Also, think about organizations, Mm -hmm. old school, you might say committee, but we use the term team. So our teams are more modern and we Zoom weekly. It's half adults, half students on the team and they are literally planning and running the Thrive program. They run Mm -hmm. the website, they run the social media, Mm -hmm. they coordinate the tactics. Oh, so we lost our studio space so we had to spend the whole time trying to brainstorm on where were we going to go record next Saturday because now we can't use the studio space we thought. Where are we going to go? And then the mm. budget to rent was not available. And so oh. I would call this problem solving. Oh yes, big time. Yes, we do that. Really? <laughs> yeah, and do. they're witnessing it. They may not have to solve the problem, but they're witnessing problems having to be solved. Each time they get over, they get more confident and more powerful. Yeah, yeah Well, we can find studio space. We did it last time. We'll do it again. You know, every time you overcome a challenge, then you know that you know how to overcome that challenge. So Mm -hmm. you at least know the steps you need to take. You don't freeze. (laughs) Patience. All of that is not going to happen unless things aren't going well, right? And Mm -hmm. so that's where I can help sort of coach them week by week. Stay on it. Sometimes just dust them off. Get them back out there. Somebody says no if they ask for a donation for our raffle it's okay. Go ask somebody else, you know, just learning that you're not going to die in each instant. Catastrophic thinking, like Mm -hmm. we've gotten to catastrophic thinking and there's no power in that.
0: Mm -hmm. It puts you in a
2: fear state. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My grandmother used to say to me, well, if it's not life or death, let's not act like it is. (laughs) exactly so uh, I was like yes okay let's stop and think for a minute is this life or death yes let's let's respond appropriately so I think that's one of the things that I really liked that that helps develop a level of power as well Mm -hmm. yeah fight or flight (laughs) Okay. yeah we don't need to be living our lives afraid of everything because the reality is very few things are going to take you down Mm -hmm. Oh, this is the modern
1: society's disease, I think, because it's not a matter of life or death, but that we get so overwhelmed by stimulation. Our like, adrenaline is always like, bum, bum, bum. <laughs>
2: yeah, I believe that also once you really figure out who you are and mm-hmm. what resonates with you, where mm-hmm. you want to go, and this mm-hmm. is something that I teach. The students that are in our leadership group, and it's going to be in my upcoming book as well, but I say leadership equals lead your ship. Mm, oh, I love that. And you got to start with a little dinghy of one. Because if you can't lead your own ship, don't expect other people to get in your ship with you. No way. Yeah, it's going to sink. No way. You got in There's a whole not to go in your little ship over to England. You might have to try to get to a little island first and yes. then, then trade it in for a bigger ship. Mm-hmm. But if you don't ever lead your ship away from the port, you're never getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so once you know where you want to go, when things come up, you're like, no, no, that's not really on my course. Mm-hmm. And it makes it easier to bust out the noise away, mm-hmm. the noise of the outside world that says, look at this, do this come mm-hmm, mm-hmm, here, mm-hmm, grab mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. But you're already charted for where you're going.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're
2: like, yeah, no, no, no. You know, I know where I'm going and I can tell easily if it's supporting that or not supporting that. Mm-hmm. And so the first part is get, is figuring out where are you going? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then getting out of all that stuff that's grabbing at you is where your characteristics come into play mm-hmm. that you want to develop for personal power mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. persistence, patience, mm-hmm. compassion. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, all of those things are tested on this little journey where all everything's coming at you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I like to think of it as little storms along the way. Mm-hmm. I know teenagers... Um,
1: they are, first of all, very moody and talking about patience. That's a hard things to teach. Like your case or age, you developed those like a grounding skill because your source was real experience, Mm -hmm. communication to the Mm -hmm. world. So nowadays, teenagers are rather more like head first instead of this heart. So how do you message them? Like, how do you let them develop this like grounding skills? How do you do it?
2: Well, little by little, I've been working in some principles that I use myself that, you know, help me all the time. And this is mostly with what I call our Teen Advisory Council. So I want them to understand how they can be effective in the world. And then the programs we put on for the open students every year are mostly career readiness and things like that. So this is more part of the leadership training and the book that I'm working on related to that and how we truly advance the team. One of the things that I don't think their voice has been shut down on many mm-hmm. levels mm-hmm. one meaning that they don't talk on the phone anymore they text so they're mm-hmm. not using their voice and i know we talked about physical power as mm-hmm. being important hatomi mm-hmm. and and you helped me regain my physical power oh, as well and that's a whole nother episode right <laughs> we have to bring you back again but for another you. show yeah that for the body series <laughs> um, but the um one of the things that we talk about is where do you feel emotions in your body and i just get them thinking about that i usually have it's really interesting because and then you can look up charts about where people usually feel emotions in their bodies but just planting those little seeds of awareness i think is very helpful to them so they can feel when anger's coming on and then um <laughs> <laughs> little things, right? Why does this bother me that mm-hmm. that girl is wearing the same top as me? Instead of just getting bothered, mm-hmm. get curious. Why does mm-hmm. that bother me, mm-hmm. right? And start of, mm-hmm. that sort of unlocking yourself. And everybody mm-hmm. has to do that for themselves. But just showing them that one of the ways they can see is you'll feel when you're nervous. Sometimes your palms sweat. We mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that, yes. some of the indicators. What situations bring that on and instead of shutting it down, get curious about it and more about how to have your own personal power. And so the first thing is understanding yourself. And then sometimes the students really open up, but I teach them how emotions is just energy and motion in your body. Mm -hmm. And so the more you can help release that energy from your body, the less you're going to feel constrained in your life. Because part of having personal power is being in alignment and flowing with your own energy. Mm -hmm. So there's so many facets to it, as you know, Hitomi. And so unpacking the little box of physical Zen with them, I teach them a little bit about why, People sing in church and the worshiping is a lot to do with the vibration within the mm-hmm. body is good for all of your organs. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't want to sing, but you want to hum to yourself, yeah, so that, so that is very powerful and very healthy for your organs. I think they pick that up because I've even had students that have left and come back and they're like, yeah, I'm not singing yet. Uh, Miss Sherry, but I, I like to hum when I'm in the shower because I know it's good for my organs. And so you know, it speaks with them, and, and I think that will help them gain their power over time. So I start to give them some body awareness. I also talk about safely releasing anger. <laughs> One of the things that I personally do. And so I, since I have a lot of goofy habits, I share them with the teens, and I think that they appreciate that. And I even taught my daughter this when she was a toddler because she would have a lot of angry bouts. But I growl, like <laughs> growl, when I'm frustrated. <laughs> I have to get the energy out, right? Can you do that for me? For the listeners too? I want to hear. So you're working on your computer and uh, it's not going well. You've just unsaved everything you did. What do you do, right? And I usually do something like... That's what i and it pushes all that energy out and releases it. Uh-huh. In, yes, 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 yes. And you know, but it doesn't direct it at anyone either. No. So these are some ways that you can gain power over time because you can regulate your emotions mm-hmm. and which keeps you from being, you know, mm-hmm. transformed. Yes. yes.
1: I mean, like a Qigong is a very good way to transform energy quickly. But I wanted to share you, my good friend in japan when she is having bad day you know how she releases it she has vegetable, like a chop, 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 chop. Very, very tiny, 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 tiny. So, and we have a traditional Japanese food called kimpira gobo. Yeah, it's, it's a carrot and like a, some kind of a root gobo. So whenever she shares the kimpira gobo to friends, what happened?
2: You know, we know yes, something yes. happened. Yeah. da da to something to that, why I like to get in the kitchen and cook at the end of the workday is for me it's a really hard transition from work to home life and there's almost always chopping involved so I maybe I do that too <laughs> <laughs> so now teenagers your students gonna do grow instead of close the door and I don't know if a hundred percent but I can tell you that I've witnessed over time some opening ups yeah, they make my heart swell, and they confirm why I'm doing this. Wow! We have a girl who joined us last year on our teen advisory council. She wanted to do editing and you know behind the scenes video. She didn't want to be in front of the camera. Well, we're about to launch a our own called TAC Talk Teens Advancing Conversation. It's an in part right now. They did. Season one was an in-person talk show with local leaders in our community. And we have a professional videographer that's sort of mentoring the teens through it. And Anaya is one of our hosts. She's literally in front of the camera asking questions of the police chief. Oh, so in one year, I have watched her blossom with all these opportunities. Everybody can look forward to that. It probably will be on our the Thrive YouTube channel by the time this airs. And then I've seen uh, students that have come back and gotten scholarships, sharing their experience on the Teen Advisory Council and some of the lessons that they learned in essays that they've written for Mm -hmm. college admissions. So I just think we're offering a very unique opportunity. And my next phase, I hope, is to share it with more people. I mm-hmm. want to get it done. That's part of the book. And then hopefully sharing with other communities so I can continue my job as the pollinator and bringing the best. Your village is going to be bigger and bigger and bigger.
1: Yes. You've seen
2: those transformation, those kids to transform. My own son, who went through the program, and my own daughter, who went through the program growing up, they both came back as instructors last year for summer pop-ups. My daughter oh, trail skate, nice. skating along the trail, and my son taught a chess tactics pop-up which was huge for him because he's very introverted. So I was amazed, but he really enjoyed it and wants to do it again this summer. Yeah, everyone's growing from it. Thank you for joining. Let's open the box of Zen. Be right back.
0: Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today.
3: Dr. Connie Mariano is a groundbreaker. She was the White House physician to three presidents, toured the world on Air Force One, and has had countless amazing experiences. The one thing that life didn't prepare her for was becoming a widow. After losing her beloved husband, John, in a tragic accident, Dr. Connie joined the one million women who are widowed in the United States each year. While her journey as a widow has been one of intense grief and sorrow, it has also been one of extraordinary growth and rebirth. Now, Dr. Connie is sharing what she's learned, joined by her knowledgeable guests to help anyone struggling with this deeply personal and often lonely journey of their own. Tune into The Widow's Walk, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: Welcome back to Let's Open the Box of Zen with Hitomi. Have a question for Hitomi or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show.
1: Yeah, definitely the kids need more real-life
2: experience. Yeah, it's just really Mm -hmm. the opportunities need to be there.
1: Hmm. Uh, did you tell your student The the granny's famous word If it's not the life or death Don't act like
2: it Right, Or I play the game with them Where I say, well, what would happen if you did this? And then they say this And I go, well, what would happen if that happened? And then they say something else Like, well, what would happen if that happened? And they're like, well, I guess nothing And they end up at the end going nothing so We sort of help them get I call uh-huh. it talk you off the ledge. Let's see if, if your worst case scenario actually happened, do you think you would survive? Do you think in 20 years it would even matter? And so we just help gain different perspectives. Oh, that's so important. Every
1: single time I hear some young kid suicided, oh gosh, it just hurts so much. And yeah. They they yeah, and, and maybe just because some um they are grade or over
2: boyfriend i, I mean uh, come on please think about it. catastrophic point. thinking is very dangerous so i am um, i'm i would say i'm the antidote to that personally yes. and i'm trying to gather other adults that have that same mm-hmm. mindset mm-hmm. as our board of directors are very active and mm-hmm. we had over 50 local adults volunteer in our program as an instructor a mentor or an activity leader of some sort in 2022. So we have we served about 350 students and we had about 50 adults as well. So we have lots of mentors that are, you know, willing and able to interact with the students positively. So I would encourage any parent, mm-hmm. you know, that's in our area to try to get their student to one of our programs. They're mm-hmm. not going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Get great reviews. Yeah. Your group organization is growing. What's your next goal? We were very fortunate 2022 at the end of the year to receive a grant from our local community foundation, which I'm so grateful for, which gave us the funds to get the needed outreach individual outreach coordinator and we hired uh, Keisha in January. And then we also just hired a social media intern who is going to help us launch the TAC mm-hmm. Talk program on YouTube mm-hmm. and some of the other things. So those were some key pieces because I don't have the time, the skills mm-hmm. in some cases to do that. And it does take a Pretty big team mm-hmm. to uh, serve these villagers, as I, little villagers, as Aww. I call them. But I think that the next step for me personally is now to be able to take my idea, to get some larger grants, maybe some corporate foundation grants that would see the benefit in growing these skills in our young adults. Mm-hmm so that i ultimately could be out of the day to day and then move into sharing thrive story with other communities because it's always nice to go out and share a success story that could inspire another community and long term I, I you know i think that's ultimately my calling
1: yes and so looking forward to those kids the student in future how they going to be a great leader to build up the better community.
2: Yeah, better society. Yeah, absolutely. I think that if nothing else, I think they know what it it would feel like to be a a board member in an organization. And they all have huge hearts to give back. And I want to arm them with skills that whatever nonprofit they decide to serve in the future, they can make an impact within that organization. So I think the ripple effect is going to be
0: great mm-hmm. and
2: anybody that works with us sees how these students are are really engaged and so it's really very very rewarding
1: yes it's so amazing this is just the one question i wanted to ask you like there are power so many meanings to the power but if there's any kind of power we rather need to let go how about the powerful social status when you are succeeded especially in financially almost you feel like you can get anything you want you know those different type of power almost like a negative meaning power you are referring first what is your idea that those power
2: Yeah, I think it goes back to what I talked about. What do you know what your North Star is? I mean, ultimately, what impact do you want to have while you're here on Earth? The impact they want to have on Earth is not I want to make a lot of money. They have to think about what the impact they want to have on Earth. That's one of the questions that I'll ask students sometimes in our in like a journaling exercise or through the years. I've tried different things for them to think. About where they can have a positive impact. And then once they start desiring that, can, what skills do they have and how do they marry them together? And then you start, I don't know what to do about these people that are already greedy, already so far off the path. But my main goal is when they're young and they're formulating their ability to choose and really power is having the ability to choose. Mm. Even people that are in those very uh, high statuses, they don't really get to choose anymore. They mm. can't just walk away. Mm. There are trappings to all of that. Why do you think so? Well, a lot of times people start making money and then they start getting the bigger house and the bigger car and the bigger boat, and then they can't leave the job that they're in because they've got the boat payment and the house payment and the car payment. Yeah fear and then, yeah and they're not they're ready fear. they're scared to let it all go mm-hmm. right so they're they don't really have a choice mm-hmm. they're not because their fear is blocking their ability to see they have a choice mm-hmm. but they don't really want to have the consequences of that choice to walk away from that particular career or life or you know mm-hmm. for example I knew In 2016, it was just very clear to me that I was going to have to sell my business to pursue this passion project of working with Mm -hmm. teens. There was no way I could do both effectively. Mm -hmm. and um, That was a tough choice, right? I was a single mom. I mean, really? What was I thinking, right? It was a lot of tough, tough decision-making, but ultimately all of my good decisions along the way, not to live above my means and to reinvest. Anytime I had large windfalls, because I worked in a business where the income was really lumpy, that I would reinvest it in real estate or other types of just put it away, but tried to keep my cost of living at stable uh, point that I could always feel like I could afford. And then at the end of the day, I realized, well, I could do this. I could sell my business. I could be out from under this whole career and make it. I can make it because I have skills. I internally have power. I know I could go work for somebody at any time if I needed to, right? Mm -hmm. I'm employable. Mm -hmm. And when you have that kind of confidence, you can Mm -hmm. make riskier decisions because, Mm -hmm. and I've also, everything's crashed and burned in my life before and I've come out of it. It's all part of pushing us forward in my beliefs. Mm -hmm. So I'm always ready for whatever the next step is. (laughs) Otherwise the universe will just start shoving you. If you're walking walking in an extinct fashion, you tend to get pushed or whatever you're holding on to gets yanked away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You trust yourself, trust higher power, the universe. Yeah. Yeah. It's a benevolent universe. That's my belief. So when you sold your business, you said that you were a single mom. You had a great business, but that your passion was calling you and
2: just mm. did. <laughs> I just had to. And I re- I figured out, well, yeah, it was a whole financial puzzle. I, and so I had basically I've had three years where I was paid off for my business. And I've been pushing on getting Thrive as sustainable as possible during those three years. And then now moving into the next phase, which hopefully could be income producing for me in the future, but sharing the lessons learned through a book and some training and things of that nature. I also believe that I could add value to young executives in a coaching capacity. So everything will roll me forward to whatever's next for Sherry. Sounds wonderful. Yeah. Now, there's not days that I'm not pulling my hair out and very upset. Don't don't get me wrong. I bounce around like everybody else, but (laughs) I always have that internal knowing that all is well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I hope that my facial release helps in this too. (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) God. You know how you've opened my body up over the years. Yeah.
1: So at the end, we can just trust ourselves and trust the higher power. And if it's not the life or death situation, just just do it. Act like it. <laughs> just keep going. You can do it. Yes,
2: embarrassment does not kill you.
1: <laughs> if you can have some piece of advice to the listeners, how to
2: connect your own personal power, and one is. Making decisions. You have to be a good decision maker because leaders are the ones who make decisions. And don't give up any opportunity to decide. If somebody says, do you want red or blue? Don't say, I don't care. Decide. Mm. Practice making decisions. Mm -hmm. Don't acquiesce your decision-making to someone else. Mm -hmm. Because you're weakening your ability to be in your power. Mm -hmm. That's one thing, is Mm -hmm. Mm decision-making. Two is really work on communicating as effectively as possible. Because you're more powerful when you can communicate your ideas to others effectively. That's one thing that a skill, obviously, that I've been working on my entire life. Mm -hmm. And that I hope to share with others as much as possible and then the third one is well you can call it face your fears but i also call it practicing courage Mm -hmm. how do you become courageous by doing Mm -hmm. something that you're afraid to do so even Mm -hmm. if it's tiny if something's before you that scares you realize this is the perfect opportunity to practice courage Mm -hmm. and those are the three things make decisions Learn practice decision-making as often as possible, communicate effectively, and, and practice courage.
1: Um, communicate effectively. That is, to me, hard. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, especially here, I'm speaking second language. Is there any good tip to develop your communication skill. Can you recommend anything? With the
2: students, I have been encouraging that they can write a letter Mm -hmm. to someone and it helps them get things out that they probably wouldn't say or don't know how to say. Say everything that you would say and then read it back as if someone was saying that to you. Mm -hmm. And how do you feel? And is it going to advance you to where you want to be. So one of the things I always say is if you want to have a positive outcome, you have to at least start positive. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to start negative and end up Mm -hmm. with a positive outcome. Mm -hmm. So as hard as that is for a lot of people, perhaps the conversation is not ready to be had yet. Right. And I'm trying to encourage them to continually communicate with others so that they can effectively get their ideas into the world yeah but being positive is a great way to start and Mm -hmm. knowing that having those hard conversations usually lead to a breakthrough where the relationship is even stronger afterward
1: yeah Mm -hmm. oh that's a great tip thank you uh it was wonderful (laughs) I really
2: adore what you do and it was a powerful speech. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to sort of pull together a lot of different ideas that I've been thinking about. And as you know, I'm working on writing a book. So I have lots of organization that I'm working on and being with you and having this conversation, having you challenge me in this way has been helpful for me. So thank Uh, you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: So your book is coming when? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, I committed to the book at the beginning of the year and I do have an editor that I'm working with, but I I have until the end of the year with my draft. So I've got some interviews that I want to do with different youth organizations outside of Mm -hmm. my area. So Mm -hmm. I've got a whole checklist of work to do before the actual book comes into draft. I think it'll be sort of an inspirational guide for communities of any size to or organizations that want to take on advancing teens i'm going to give lots of success stories and how challenges were overcome Mm -hmm. and most of them will be very affordable meaning Mm -hmm. you don't need half a million dollars to start this program you might just need ten thousand dollars i'm hoping that those ideas will help all students everywhere
1: Yes. And adults can be a student too, not only teenagers. Sounds like. Someone has to implement
2: the ideas. So I have to be able to inspire the adults that take it forward. I hope your live
1: climate is going to growing and those kids are going to be a good leaders for better society and better future. Yes. Thank you for sharing your time. It was wonderful. I am so glad to have you today. You enjoy your beach time. Off to
0: the beach. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Let's Open the Box of Zen with Hitomi. We hope today's episode has helped you transcend your limiting beliefs and bring Zen into your heart. Tune in next week for more helpful tips. We'll see you Zen.